Welcome to Beyond Bitcoin, a podcast about all things digital assets, the global communities they are creating, the generations that are using and investing in them, and the challenges faced by the nations that are seeking to regulate them. The content of this program is not to be taken as investment advice. The opinions expressed in the program by the host and the guests are their personal opinions only. Remember, feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends. My name is Derek Graham. I'm the CEO of Portal Asset Management, and my co-host is Nitin Gower, Managing Director of State Street Digital Assets. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Bitcoin, where we discuss various micro and macro factors that's shaping up the increasing digitization of the world around us. My friend and co-host, Derek, is away on travel. This is week three for him, so I'm, I'm certainly envious. So I'll be running solo today, and but I do have a honor of introducing a good friend and a guest, Sagar, who is principal at BlockRocket, joining us as a guest today. But before I introduce him, just a few housekeeping notes. If you like the podcast, please like and comment as we continually aspire to improve the content and both in terms of quality and relevancy. Also, this is just a discussion appealing to the intellectual attitude and not as an investment advice. Today, we have a special guest and it's my pleasure to introduce a good friend uh, and welcome Sagar to our podcast. Uh, just by intro, Sagar, just like many of us, is a trained engineer who previously worked for Porsche and you know, and Startup Accelerator before deciding to quit all that, go all in in the crypto space as an engineer, which I would say as a troublemaker now, he always is close to building things as a part of his past life as a civil engineer. He built buildings and bridges and now he's building the bridges to the Web3 world. Chief Networking Officer, a principal at BlockRocket, and helps portfolio startups with 360-degree advisory. So, Sagar, first of all, welcome to Beyond Bitcoin. And as a way of introduction, tell us your journey and entry into crypto. I've always been fascinated by people's story. Everybody has a different story and it's unique. So tell us a little bit about, more about from building bridges the shift to building bridges to Web3. What is that story? What's your story? Well, uh, first of all, Nitin, uh, thanks a lot for inviting me. Happy to be here, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, though I never built the right bridge, actually, I studied uh, my master in civil engineering. <laughs> um, that's how I come to Germany to, uh, to uh, pursue my master. But I mean, uh, I always uh, relate these things with the startup journey, right? Where you always build something rather than talking many things, right? Yeah. You execute it, you make the people's life easier. Uh, but of course we'll come to this point later on. But so um, as a background engineer, um, I was also working at BMW as an extern where I worked at like four and a half a year uh, as an extern, was uh, working on uh, development research side. So I was always close to the development and building something. But uh, moving into crypto, it's a, like actually funny story. So I come from city Surat, which is in uh, yeah. Gujarat, India, and which is famous uh, famous for diamond polishing diamonds. diamonds. Yes, yes, yeah. right. So every diamonds you see around the world, polished diamond out of hundred, ninety diamonds get polished in Surat. So basically, ninety <laughs> percent of diamond you you get it from the world is getting polished in Surat itself. So one day in 2016, I, I was having talk with my one of friend who runs the big diamond factory. And I was literally like fed up with my old web two jobs, actually, every day <laughs> coming back from uh, work. And I was just uh, 
trying to do something i was listening like hours and hours bloomberg and that made me more miserable that i'm not going to get any kind of like financial literacy by listening to the bloomberg and other financial media so moving forward uh like fast forward so he told me one day that you know like a big diamond stone gemstones which is more than 3 carats diamond uh the demand is going down and i said like why he said like there is something like called bitcoin and which is digital money people say and he was giving me example of uh, zimbabwe and some african countries where people are using to like curb the inflation right so they were using as a hedge of inflation and he said like people used to use the diamond to do some money laundering and uh, like to uh, save some money and now everyone is moving to the this digital coin called as in bitcoin and i asked him like do you have any and he said <laughs> no but it's really eating my nerves so what i did after the call i just start looking into like website you know like google yeah. bitcoin white paper though i didn't understood anything <laughs> and that was my first point of contact for the bitcoin and then rest is the history yeah wow that's so which is also amazing right because that story so my story is a bit different i was figuring out the payment systems and i encountered bitcoin conversation with all the big payment providers because they were worried about as a transaction system whereas your journey is more about store of value and sort of inflation hedge which we've compared historically with gold and diamonds and uh, so it's it's truly fascinating from that uh, from that perspective and again i think the rest is history which is again life changing now you're doing completely different uh, engineering fma as that world as opposed to what you were doing before So when we met in Davos so for the for the context uh, we had a great conversation in Davos a quite intellectual one i would say we met a lot of smart people understood their perspective and point of view when we met at Davos you had some very profound ideas on how the industry is evolving and that struck me because we were discussing on all different levels web3 over its heading we were in the filecoin event uh looking into uh what's happening with storage compute interconnect and you have ever since at least in my context and as i follow you been the catalyst to convert that thinking into investment action so as a vc i i i understand that block rocket and tell us a bit more about block rocket your thesis um you're thinking into investment actions so give us a perspective of a vc lens into the industry which is quite different from a traditional hedge fund lens purely from investment standpoint sure i mean uh, yes indeed it was a good time uh, and that's how we made first time right though i was like yeah. big fan uh, since early days of woodstock fund that's how i got exposure to your name but yes um, so i mean i i learned also many things at davos and met so many people uh, <coughs> so basically block rocket was started in 2019 uh, as an business angel syndicate so um, we were like the plan was to invest in early stage startups Uh, as early as possible for the equity with 100 to 500k euro in terms of ticket size and then help them with acceleration so first year we did like this and then the next year onwards we thought okay let's remove the acceleration part and uh, investors in vc firm so what we did was like uh, did another 10 to 12 investment as an under the block rocket umbrella but much more like a vc approach where uh, we we look into founders history founders background so our thesis is much more like blockchain use cases so we don't have like a long uh, long thesis uh, overview at the moment but what we focus heavily which is uh, blockchain use cases so we always point out use cases three times whenever we are spoke- speaking means whatever makes sense when you using the blockchain it should make sense in terms of like business use cases or making people's life easier so whatever is close to the building something by using tech you take 
tech as a leverage tool to solve the problems that is our thesis so that kind of business cases we would like to invest something like gaming infrastructure or a wallet provider saas or something what is building on top of infrastructure where people can use it rather than just speculating the tokens or some sort of like casino game right um so we did like 10 to 15 startup investment and uh, by the way there's uh, also some alpha i'm dropping here so we are moving to new fund yes awesome. and that that fund will be uh, announced soon uh, end of this year and under that umbrella we'll be doing like another 30 to 35 early stage startup investment in next two years so our thesis is very simple uh, nitin uh, we heavily look into founders background we do personality test if you have heard about ray dalio six in yeah, yeah. of personality have, yeah. right yeah. so i think that gives also lots of perspectives uh, when it comes to due diligence uh we don't rely 100% on personality test but it's it's just gives us some red flags whether the team will sync with each other or how their synergy will look like and how they are, how much greedy they are right so the foundation <laughs> like startup journey is all about uh, greedy uh, how 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 greedy they are and how overperforming the team is so that's our thesis and based on that we invest i mean normally like precedent seed these startups have close to zero attraction or yeah. like like some sort of one or two uh, or even they are trying to find the product market fit right so during that time you cannot really assess so many things so better just look at the founders and their background or their history right what's their story so if the sometimes the founders are really good at storytelling they they can get also the checks um so moving further that's our thesis and that's how we are operating and we will be operating the same way with our new fund so that fund is like 10 million uh, early stage fund uh, and yeah that will come out soon uh mo- so business side i would say uh we don't need blockchain for everything i'm sure you would yeah. also agree Agreed, so yeah. blockchain gives a hope to the people who are they are making uh, unbanked to the bank right and uh, people who are living in the second world or third world country those who are affected by highly inflation um, inflation currency or those guys those who have like a problem with the payment solution as you said like that's how you get into yeah. bitcoin so there i think blockchain can uh, solve so many problems on top of that what i see is like mostly business case will be uh, uh, developing which is like supply chain side because supply chain got like huge potential uh, in terms of blockchain blockchain can solve like many problems uh, when it comes to supply chain uh, micro payment another big thing i mean even if today i'm sitting in munich germany is like a one world country uh, if i want to send money to you even you yeah. are in germany it takes like two days so if i send you wow. today you will get tomorrow of course i can pay and then you will get today but that's again you have to pay for it but it's not like that, uh, yeah so that's like uh, you are uh, adding extra services but that's the problem still exist in the one world country so think about like what are the problems you can find in the second and third world countries so there i think blockchain can can be used as a tool also blockchain gives like immutability transparency so blockchain can also be helpful when the business cases are where you need like complete transparency for example Correct. defi so moving yeah. from cfi to defi where cfi is run by some gatekeepers right if you are for example the vendors on paypal and paypal don't like you as a person they can block you and you are to completely out of business yeah. but in defi you can um I would like to quote a really nice uh, uh, sentence by <laughs> Professor Welpe. Uh, she is a professor yeah. at TUM. So she was talking at banking forum last week, and she saw uh, she 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 told this word like, "If you want to open the account in bank, it takes like 15 days. You can open okay. the DeFi account within five minutes." 
so That's these fine. are the these are the like a massive revelation or i would say like the journey we are going to face in next 5 to 10 years so there like a one use case i would like to also say personally what i see is uh, i think as a community as a, like a bitcoin agnostic or like blockchain agnostic we really care too much about which chain we are using right maybe you would be like bitcoin maxi ethereum maxi and so and so but i see it as in like a tool just to uh, make things easier or people's life easier so in future i think people would not be really i think they would not care about which chain they are using if you look at like a credit sure. cards or any other tools no right one cares, in yeah. the in backend no one cares and as no an engineer cares, yeah. at worked at bmw i would say i always give this example if do you really care about which kind of cable is getting used in bmw car as long no. as you get like nice secure fast sporty experience bmw and, car right yeah so and so, uh, and a reliable car uh, so you're yes. right we care, i care for you know for reliability and the characteristics as opposed to which metal they're using and assuming they've made all the right choices and also you don't care that who is the supplier right as long as it satisfy your need you don't care in back end so same way the business will happen uh, for example this token or like community driven uh, businesses will get massively boost uh, but honestly they will not care like which blockchain is running maybe if you are a tier 1 yeah. brand then you can afford the ethereum but if you are tier 2 or tier 3 brand which wants to give their customer free of charge some nft for example and then they will use polygon or some layer 2 solutions or even layer 1 which would be much more cheaper and then they can easily make uh, like a transaction going back and forth right so these are the business cases i'm excited about it but i think there's still lots of noise uh, but let's see how it will evolve over yeah time. that's uh, that's my problem too i mean i spend as you know sagar we all do right we spend i spend 4 to 5 hours a day just reading all kinds of information and to be able to extract signals and remove the noises one of the biggest challenges i have in in general but i will i would like to actually tease a little bit more and double click on this sort of the spectrum that you mentioned with defi but before i get into that uh, you're on this very unique point in time today because we've seen it's a bear market i think it's understood both in terms of traditional finance but it's also a bear market in crypto uh and i think we've seen the various benchmarks including the bitcoin itself and cci 30 they all have been hovering at all time lows in some cases and so help me understand the equation between global macro which is money supply and interest rates and inflation and commodities energy equation that's happening around the world which is the stress on overall liquidity right which is scarce as it becoming scarce as you understand with interest rates going up liquidity gets sucked out of from risk on to risk off assets which impacts again the risk on risk off asset investment and vc which is where you operate it's on the other end of the risk spectrum you completely risk off which means that oftentimes uh you don't see the returns for for years to come and 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 you may not even see the return depending on the success because that's the venture side of the capitalistic equation so what is exciting i know you mentioned defi and payments and use cases investors like yourself and what are your vantage point of the industry that in spite of these bear market you still believe in building you still uh and there are some stats i'll have like to show, you know share with you at some point where we've seen a, a significant decline and it's understandable there's less dry powder what is your vantage point as you see this in the industry what's your sparkle that you see in this the eyes of the builder and is this is there still more liquidity that you can garner that can dedicate and what's what is more urgent if 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 that question makes sense i mean sure uh 
from my perspective uh, first of all of course i am not an um, uh, economist right but some sort of uh, i always tell the people read read and listen to the podcast read so many news and i'm sure that's yeah. the best education you ever ever have so sure. from my reading and uh, watching this all the saga of last two years of bull market uh, i can tell from my side which is uh, i mean let's go back a little bit in uh, 12 years history like we had like layman had a bankruptcy it's almost like a 12 years right now right and we had last year like 2021 where everyone was thinking market is overvalued right and now in 2022 we are almost like end of this year people are thinking whether there is a bottom or not right yeah so there's always some buzzwords in the market on top of that yes this time like a crypto market is also aligning with the like whole traditional legacy market and uh, no one knows what is going to happen next time but given the macro situation and macro overview we can always think long term where how the market is heading but i mean as in vc i think we are we are really i think vc business is interesting because you are always close to the innovation if you True. you can never time it you can never be right or wrong it's always about like spreading your uh, or diversifying your uh, portfolio but of course you need some sort of like a uh, goal or visionary and as an investor you should be always optimistic otherwise this the, this business doesn't work it's not for you if you are not optimistic i would say like vc business is not good for you even as an investor because if you don't see it something coming um it's it's not uh, it's not going to end up as like your bread and butter so um i would say is a micro view uh, micro level i think if fed uh, increase the rates more higher then of course there will be like a shortage of liquidity and which will get massively tighten up and uh, of course like fed will do whatever they want to do uh, to curb the yeah. inflation but as in vc i can tell more about i think this is the best time to deploy your capital so i mean you know that like all the vcs yeah. who their coffers are full of cash they have lots of dry powder to deploy in the market and how they're going to deploy it based on their appetite so micro vc funds like us we we can do up at least half a million check size in individual startups yeah uh, but big funds like even 16z they can go into like three digit millions and they can fill whole round so based on this appetite i think every vc see that uh, which which what is their appetite and what they what is the thesis and which aligns with the business startups uh, sorry startups ideas and they deploy the money so i think most of the time even if we look at like uh, let's talk particularly about uh, crypto market so ave or compound or like polygon and any other five to seven good startup they are still startup i would say from my perspective because True, they, are. Still yeah, they are find the product market fit but they are some sort of successful in terms of like billion dollar valuation so these all were built in last peer market so polygon yeah, was true. not even yeah, around, yes right so <clears throat> i think the advantage to be or de- deploy the capital as in vc is like you have upper hand because you are bringing money on the table so you can always negotiate with the founders and the founders are also like uh, sort of like agree with like a valuation where it was like skyrocketing last year like 60 80 million seed round i think the web 2 vcs would never go above 5 to 7 million seed round valuation where web 3 had like 10x without sure. without any any yeah. product market for without any mvp yeah. they give you 10x like higher valuation <laughs> than web 2 vcs so yeah. for us i think it's it's really important also like talent talent gets much cheaper and they are available in the peer market because i mean given micro condition i'm sure like there's lots of layoffs go happening right and yeah. you can always find some nice job and like as a startup founder i think it's uh, your upper hand that you can build some 
good product and hire this some talent at, at some negotiation level of price. When there's a bull market, of course, the price goes up. So as an investor, what yeah. I see is like, there's always demand and given like condition in the market at the moment, they're like every day, all the VC I'm sure getting approached by 10 or 20 founders, uh, they're building something on top of blockchain. So if you, I mean, everyone quotes the Warren Buffett's famous quote, buy low, sell high, right? <laughs> but no sure. one, no one is that smart enough to implement in the life. I think no one is that smart, but that formula also applies into the, into the VC business. VC that, yeah. So VC world, yeah. So like you can, you can always uh, find a good startup founders. They are hustling harder, grinding harder and building some amazing things, which can make people's life easier. And you can, you can become part of that journey. So as in VC, I think it's uh, next two years would be like really, I would say like the next two years would be like the, the VCs who will deploy the capital massively on the startup. That would be like a vintage uh, batch of the VC uh, VC industry. Yeah. 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 No, I think two, two points you made. Uh, again, I, I think Sagar, a very grounded perspective. Two things that you mentioned is absolutely true that the global macro and the, uh, the, the feds and all the central banks, which the entire balance of maintaining inflation and, and employment or unemployment rather. In this case, the talent will be enormous. And second thing is the observation that you made that all the amazing projects that we have today that have been massively successful, Coinbase included and Aave yes. and Uniswap, they all were born during the winter, the crypto winter, the first crypto winter that we had. So that observation is spot on. And again, accessibility to talent, lower valuation, because that that also is, is, is an important equation as you look into this, all those are really, really valid points. But let me double click on a little bit of stats that I researched in, in preparation to talk to you. So out of all the overarching sectors in the blockchain industry, especially in DeFi or decentralized finance, uh, centralized finance, because there are many crypto projects who are doing centralized finance and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, the blockchain infrastructure itself and you living, you living in Munich will double click on energy equation in a, in a few minutes as well. Web3.0, which to me is all-encompassing, including all sorts of projects that's addressing identity, addressing ownership, trade elements, non-fungible token elements. DeFi was always the king for VC capital inflows until Q2 of this year. And with things changed, Web3.0, and maybe it's A16Z, as you mentioned, or Chris Dixon's very bullish comments and three digits, you know, multiples in millions, uh, flowing in from many of the large VC funds. Gaming became huge uh, only because there are a lot of numbers around gaming and and the concept of metaverse in terms of virtual worlds begin to sort of really pop up in Q2 of this year. So Web3 garnered around 40%, 42% of all individual deals, leaving DeFi, which was the king, to a distant second. So you can imagine 3x valuation and investments going into this Web3 garnered systems. And the trend was highlighted further this year where uh, and the most attract, you know, most active investors who made around 42% of all deals uh, activity for Q2, which was a drop uh, from the Q1 of this year. So while VC activities has dropped generally, the massive growth. So while the overall dry powder has sort of shrunk a little bit, the overall investment into Web3.0, Metaverse, NFTs have really exponentially gone up. Could you help me understand why that is? I mean, I've heard Chris Dixon, I've heard, I follow his thinking. And of course, 
venture is all about risk. No, no, no risk, no glory. The luck favors the bold, and you can use many monikers to describe your thinking and your thesis as as you were describing so eloquently a few minutes back. Help me understand why that is. Suddenly, why NFTs and metaverse, even though it's very fuzzy, it's not yet on the main. Why? Why there's so much energy behind these those investments? I mean, this is a really good question. Uh, but before I go into details, I would like to also mention that BlockRocket don't have any DeFi startup as a portfolio, because, <laughs> oh, uh, and neither amazing. neither we have any token portfolio in our 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 list. So all the port- all the startups listed on our portfolio or our website, which are completely equity deals, equity deals. Sorry, and uh, none of them have a token, and I don't think so. I don't think so. They will be launching tokens soon in next couple of months. So our thesis is much more. I would say like we are Web two point five VC. But but given the macro situation and all the situation now, all the founders are reaching out to us for equity deals because they say like if you are doing equity, we are open to equity. So basically, like when the wind change, when the table has turned, you also change your strategy, right? Um, given the like all the tier one VCs, I think uh, sort of what I have seen was like last two years was like kind of casino game for every VC, right? So even I had like hard time to justify our investment thesis because I also got uh, like criticized by so many Web3 VCs that you guys do equity. That means you don't understand crypto, you don't understand blockchain, and you only do equity <laughs> means you are not at all the VC in Web3. Uh, so everyone was asking like how many 100x you did on your investment. So unfortunately, zero. But all are still alive after this whole turn- turmoil of the like... Uh, current situation, market situation. So moving further, I think um, A16 and Z, and uh, I, I was in Valley this summer, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I remember that. I think the Valley is still the mother of innovation from my perspective. The good company is still coming out of Valley. It doesn't matter the people are not sitting in Valley, but I'm sure if they are, uh, most of them would like to be based in Valley and would like to get funded by tier one VCs. And I mean, even 16Z and Sequoia and all the other VCs, they are in the market since last two, three decades. So by given the exposures and the connections they have, I think new newly minted VCs are like a small fish. Even I would say like a small piece of sand outside of seashore, not even part of sea. So when you have like a massive exposure to the, all these kind of uh, networks and all the founders, of course, you always have upper hand. And then yeah. you have the COVID, like two years of pandemic, and then the money printer goes like, 24-7 on and every retail customer yeah. or retail people are getting checks from the government, right? And you are locked into your apartment. What would you do? You speculate, right? So let's start with 2020. So Q2 2020, that's how DeFi summer started. Of course, it was started by crypto native peoples. And then later on, it was uh, like the whole tribes, like all these retail investors joined this, this tribe to make some money. I mean, who don't want to have some more money? So let's say like today you invested $100 in some shit coins and it becomes like $300 overnight and then 3000 and then 30000 right? So the more people, so I made some money, I will tell you like, hey, Nitin, this looks good. You should also become part of it, you know? And that's how like a massive liquidity boom, we, we experienced this like massive boom and uh, into the like price speculation. Even in tech side, I mean, even in the legacy market side, like uh, GameStop and all, everything was pumping so hard and and there, like I think, Evan Six and Z and all the other VCs had upper hand to load the bags or unload their bags, and that's how these guys went into DeFi. I'm sure they must have some thesis on long run, but I, I think with the 
equity play you don't have that much upper hand where you can liquidate your position easily but with token yeah. play which is much easier you get your 6 to 10% token unlocked at tge or when they have listed and then you have like every month vesting period so these guys like have like completely like you you hire the market makers and you offload your bags in like 10 different exchanges and you get like massive liquidity then again this this like this kind of, this looks to me like mlm multi level marketing Yeah. you exit from one startup you deploy to the second one then you te- you exit from second one deploy to the third one so and, money and, is and, making more money yeah and and i think over time that catches up because at some point you need to produce something that's useful you need to produce something that has utility you need to produce something that actually people can use and as we all know especially in your world 90% of projects are doomed to not be as successful i wouldn't say fail but not be successful but combination of those projects could lead to something fantastic which is the synergies that we that we look into but i uh, one thing you said was interesting the silicon valley a valley is still the hub of innovation i think that valley just like in the old traditional finance world you have the switzerland you have the new yorks which still has the old money financing the rest of the world i believe that in, especially in web3 world at least the analysis that we have done you know tier 2 cities in india tier 3 cities in india and africa because of the need and necessity which is oftentimes the mother of invention is fueling a lot of innovation which may be funded from the valley and the money that's in the valley but don't you think that to me it's like many of these and again the world itself post pandemic the new economic realities that have been set in is come to realization that you know we we really need to again your 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 experience with diamonds as a store of value how do we make our value durable how do we protect our savings is a big question in everybody's mind not just in emerging economies but also so called developed economies which is uh, which is going to the same conversation the same debates so i think innovation is still uh, happening in these more distraught sort of regions and locations funding may be coming in from the switzerland and the europe and the us and silicon valley of the world um is that the right statement to think about this or you think that innovation is still people are moving to these locations which have been the hubs historically to raise funds build projects and even though you may have these amazing ideas still coming from these tier 2 tier 3 cities in different countries but they're moving towards that location and the world is trying to attract them so they can build stuff what is what's going on there i i i would be like sort of agree and sort of disagree uh, with your okay. statement because that the, i think uh, it leads to the education part so um let's say like in the, in the like we both come from the country called india, india right so yeah. i born and brought up there and i have seen like most of the middle class family have close to zero savings because they are Correct. investing in their kids right and right. they're paying their like it's a capitalist country i mean india is a capitalist country like us of course. so you don't have like a schools which is free like germany and uh, so the middle class families they have a hard time to earn their wages and on top of that they have to also take some time the loans and that to pay the school fees for their kids all they are betting uh, in last 3 4 decades was like uh, betting on their kids that their kids will go to school and they will get some good education and then they will make out of it that's their saving right Correct. but uh, in the emerging uh, like in the first one country right countries like us or germany there's the thing is different though it's it's that doesn't mean that all the innovation come from from uh, valley or europe right but it it has been coming from you uh, valley all the time but i think the stereotype has been broken uh, by web3 space i would say the web3 space massively opened the opportunity for 
all over the places across the globe where i mean i would like to give the best example would be like polygon these guys don't have any evil degree they were building in mumbai and yeah no vc money i did podcast with jd and it was like uh first money was coming from angel means like friends and family second round was at 28 million and only coinbase and binance joined the hand even they were not institutional by then they just joined because of the token deal ido right and all the big vcs joined the forces at 450 million round which was like 8 billion dollar valuation for polygon so the table has been already turned now i think in web3 space i would say particularly where you don't need to be present in in valley but i think you have upper hand when you are building something from valley you get like massive sure. valuation you know and also you are you are close to the vc uh, industry where everyone is like uh, even if you are walking down the palo alto i think from my perspective i would say like <laughs> on an average you made like on an average like smarter than you like smarter people than me i met in palo alto during last 3 4 weeks of well, you're being too humble you're being too <laughs> humble uh, but let me ask this you 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 live in munich and we've been hearing a lot about again i think it's no secret that energy and commodities have become a huge topic of conversations the podcast that i listen to the readings that i have done both in terms of impact of that on mining which is the bitcoin has been huge right uh, suddenly that has become a big problem in terms of the cost and profitability in fact there've been many public mining companies who were invested into mining are going out of business because of the cost of their of course europe because of the conflict and war in in ukraine and 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 russia has seen energy problems what's going on there i mean how do you see this unfolding because i believe the web3 infrastructure right so for again everything is driven by trust all these things that we're doing is needs to be protected you need cryptography you need sort of massive communication coordination between these systems and all the needs a lot of energy because cpus run these things cpu needs to be cool and and that's the equation that we're looking at and with the energy going in all different directions especially in europe how do you see that impact of first of all tell us what's going on in europe from a first hand perspective second thing is what's going on like what is the impact of that in in web3 development are you building all these amazing super secure systems but you don't have layer ones to protect them um so i mean i mean uh, in in shorter word i would say like winter is coming or winter is already there we are in november um you mean lots, the real winter <laughs> yes the, the real winter yes the real winter because yeah. uh, i i'm living in munich and um the people are almost worried about that they might be frozen in this winter because of the some power cuts or like uh, less uh, energy supply and gas i mean uh, given this i mean i think i don't want to make any controversial statement but when you listen to like 16 year old uh and 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 do any uh, policy of the countries then i think uh, you don't understand the market or you're too yeah. lame so at the moment the situation is like uh, energy price has been rose to 2 to 3x i'm not talking about percentage it's x right so it's wow. like, yes it's amazing and and most of the people already start getting the bills from their landlords or from their farewell to gets called like the guys who are taking care of maintenance right on top of that inflation is skyrocketing germany has i mean i'm living in germany since 10 years last 8 years i never seen like single penny increase in like basic utility like groceries wow. and all yeah. and now it's almost like rose to on an average if i tell you like 50% but cpi they will always show you the like on an average everything right so i mean when when there is a deficit of 50% in your balance sheet for the like not on the like a bigger level company but like as in retail people it's affect a lot 
because uh, you know that western world is not also good at savings so yeah of course yeah and also which uh, the all the foods not getting produced in europe you you are all the time importing uh, importing one yeah. macro situation the dollar is getting stronger so there's another heat at euro on top of that given geopolitical situation where germany was almost 55% relying on the russian energy and now uh, because of some some internal politics and some like uh, also your uh, your nato situation you have to listen to us all the time so on that side you are literally like get sandwiched between us and russia where germany cannot literally have upper hand in terms of like moving the energy policy right and when you are completely reliable 55% reliable on russian energy and then you say like okay completely stop then it's like catastrophic it's not like a one city or town you are taking care of it's like a whole country with like 80 90 million people right so this yeah. is the situation now here in germany but let's uh, let's hope the the hard time shall pass as well um but on top of that web3 infra side yes uh, i i hope so uh, but on web3 side i think if you want to run any infrastructure you need the energy right so yeah. there was like uh, esg things who was given and also like sustainability was like also part of this discussion but at the moment the situation is came to that that level there you don't have any other option than burning calls or starting the reactors again so for a while you have to stop this sustainability discussion and put aside this co2 footprint and you literally focus on how to bring the like how to keep people's home with light right and uh, how to keep it warm the, yeah keep it warm right because also winter winter is there and uh, it's not like normal winter the temperature goes down to like minus 5 to minus 10 so it's much harder so yeah i mean given that situation i mean like uh, i we can discuss like next half an hour about this whole uh, <laughs> no, no, we don't have the time but yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> thanks again for that on the ground perspective but anyway we could speak for hours and this has been super interesting and helpful on understanding on the ground reality uh any last comments any last um outlook and also how do our audiences get in touch with you and and your your mission in general so yeah sure i mean the last note would be like uh from my side i'm i'm not in that position to give someone like uh, some wisdom share because i still have to make it something out from myself right and help the community but i would say like uh with given infrastructure development with given this massive it infrastructure i think uh, the cycles will be getting shorter and shorter cycle means like this recession and all and i really think that fed will not the, will make our lives more miserable and uh, <laughs> the, the hard times shall pass for the founders i would like to give the advice is this is the best time to start some good ideas and as you also mentioned earlier scarcity if there is no problem you cannot build something so if there is a problem if you solve it you can already have like billion dollar startup for unicorn yeah. so keep building keep focus on what you are doing what you are passionate about it and i'm sure there will be tunnel uh, light out of tunnel and uh, Yeah you can reach out to me on LinkedIn with my name Sagar Barwalia also with Twitter same name and yeah happy to happy to keep in touch with any of the founders who would like to raise the fund or any kind of other advisory and my mission is to help at least 20 to 25 founders so sometimes money cannot solve all the problems so even like as a VC we cannot invest in all the startups so my goal for the next 2 to 3 years is to help 20 to 25 founders with all my networks what i have learned in last couple of years to open the that doors of my all knowledge to them and help them build a successful product and make it out of it yeah got it no no this is fantastic great message and on that note sagar thanks again for spending the time you i know it's evening there 
stay warm uh, and do do all you can. And we'll chat soon and definitely see you in Davos again. Sure. Thank you okay. for having me. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our weekly conversation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggested topics, please contact Nitin Gower or myself on the emails displayed here or via our LinkedIn profiles. Feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends. Stay well, inquisitive, and engaged. See you next week.